It is, of course, uh, SAFM this morning, the Jet Set Breakfast with myself, Bridget Masinga. If uh, you are clued into all things social media and uh, you love characters that spark some kind of thought, but at the same time, as much as they are, you know, active on particular subjects, um, they also just don't take themselves too seriously. They have lighthearted moments and we have a good old chuckle on Twitter from time to time with everybody's favorite uh, sexual health and reproductive health doctor at Dr. Taleng Mofukeng, who's also, by the way, the uh, rapporteur at the United Nations on Sexual and Reproductive Rights. Uh, She's a medical doctor and an author and now one of BBC's 100 Hundred women for 2021. Good morning, Doctor Taleng. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I mean, I know you, you, you know, you, you, you like getting all blushy and coy. But what I've learned about you from Twitter <laughs> is, you take your wins and you celebrate them. You give the flowers to yourself before people give them to you, and that is a very good trait. It's important, you know, and I and, and people who know me know that I always refer also to my first town, which is Kwakwa. Yes. And it's so important for me to always locate myself, you know, um, within that particular history because it's part of who I am, it's part of what shapes me. So my wins, my victories um, don't just happen in a vacuum. You know, there is a context for all of this. And so I always refer to myself as a Wanakwakwa, first and foremost, um, just to bring all of us back to the context and what it takes, you know, um, to be able to do this work um, in the way that we we're going to just try and get uh, Dr. Tlaleng back on the line quickly. We're just uh, experiencing some phone gremlins. Uh, so we're going to try and get a better line so we can have a good conversation with her. Uh, follow her on Twitter. If you've never heard of her before, after this morning, you will definitely want to follow her. At Dr. Tlaleng is her Twitter handle. She is quite active on Twitter, engaging in all kinds of conversations from sexual and reproductive health, which is her area of expertise, to general uh, medicine, of course. Um, she's also quite politically politically active um, and uh, is always a champion and an ally to the LGBTQI plus community. And like I said, she's one of the most engaging people on Twitter. Uh, so she will throw in a bit of a ratchet exchange now and again. Uh, Dr. Taleng, we've got you back on the line. <laughs> yes, we were just you were just sharing with us that how important it is for you to locate yourself um, you know, within your community that, that essentially made you the woman that you are? Yes, it's so important because often we celebrate people, we celebrate their achievements, you know, but we don't quite understand what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, being a South African, having been a child, right, who grew up in apartheid and now an adult who's navigating a democratic South Africa, mm-hmm. there's a particular history and a particular story of how I got molded and, and why this activism um, is the way that it, it has manifested itself, even though I'm a medical doctor, you know, mm. I've always been an activist first, even before I got to medical school. Um, and so that for me is a very important part of who I am, mm. um, because often we say the winds are great and you put the spotlight on them, but we hardly speak about the injustice of what it took for us to get these women mm. as adults.
Mm. You know, the other thing, as we're talking, I'm thinking about how social media, in particular Twitter, uh, because, you know, primarily that's where we all go share our opinions, right or wrong. We have discourse um, on a day-to-day basis. Twitter has made it so that as there's certain professions that we always, and I had to check myself on this as well a couple of years ago, because there's certain professions that you you, you almost go, oh, oh my goodness, should doctors be engaging in this manner? Should she be, you know, should she be so direct and so mm. um, so opinionated about politics mm. and equality? Mm. And because we think she's a doctor or he's a doctor and mm. we've associated the profession with a particular way of being over the years. And then you realize that, wait, doctors are human beings who have a, a vast interest in many a fields and who have really strong opinions and have the right to share them as well. Now I engage with y'all and I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's the other thing, right, is that if you think about doctors, right, um, and, and even for myself, when I think growing up and, and the doctors I looked up to, to be like, well, one day I want to be like that particular doctor. There's already a power dynamic at play, you know, mm. and, and it's an asymmetry in the consultation room. So part of how I engage, and that's why I chose the area of sexual mm-hmm. and reproductive health rights, is that I know what that power asymmetry means, right, mm-hmm. for adolescents, for example, or for people with a particular uh, uh, societal, um, uh, you know, pressure mm-hmm. to not want to enjoy sex and people who are not seen as worthy of autonomy and self-determination. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to use those moments in the consultation room to affirm people's rights and humanity. But I can't do that first if I myself do, am not humanized, am not mm-hmm. human in that consultation room. So it takes both, you know, for me to be uh, a present uh, doctor, to be emotionally committed mm-hmm. um, and, and, and to be there for my patients in particular ways. I had to make a decision myself mm. to leave a very paternalistic way of doing medicine, which I was taught, you know, that's the foundation of medicine. The doctor knows everything yes. and the patient comes and then, you know, but, but that kind of relationship wasn't working for me. But one of the fascinating things is that the family medicine, some of the founding principles of family medicine mm. is that a doctor must be an advocate for their patient mm. and you must understand the context of illness for your patient. So it's not longer about disease management and illness uh, mm. uh, uh, you know, uh, treatment. It's actually about all of those other things. Why are my patients getting sick? Mm. And for me as a South African, there's no way that the socio-political landscape um, is something that I can ignore mm. as a doctor um, because I know their direct health outcomes. Um, that are determined, um, you know, by, for example, being a minor in Mandana, yes. you know, or being a domestic worker in a suburb where you have no, um, you know, insurance for, for for occupational, you know, risks mm. in the workplace. Um, I know what it's like, you know, to be a black woman who knows everything about cervical cancer, mm-hmm. but cannot really do much about it because you have no labor protection, you have no sick leave, mm. so you walk around knowing you are not okay, but because you live in a country where we live, you actually have delayed presentation, which means more black women are dying of cervical cancer, which mm. is preventable, right? So there's a political context in which these illnesses are happening. And so for me as a doctor, it's important to advocate and to fight for a just world overall 
Yeah, this is why she's everyone's favorite doctor, Dr. Taleng Mofukeng, uh, named BBC's 100 Woman for 2021. And she's uh, quite, uh, she's she's in company of very, very impressive women from uh, across uh, many fields, including the likes of Melinda French Gates, as well as uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, um, uh, Vera Wang, and quite a few other ladies. And and Dr. Taleng, for you, I mean, you were, you were a best-selling author. You are, you know, like you're an activist, you were a doctor. Doctor, you were a specialist in sexual and reproductive uh, reproductive health, but also read somewhere, you know, and it comes across. You are a firm believer that health is an investment, and and as such, it should be a right and and not a cost. Absolutely, we're actually commemorating Universal Health Coverage Day, mm-hmm. which is a very important day because the United Nations made a unanimous decision um, that. Every country, every citizen in the world should have access to basic um, health care services. Mm. And part of that is that we look at the provision of health as a nice to have mm. or as something that costs taxpayers money so much. Mm. But in fact, if you do not have a healthy citizenship, right, mm. you cannot talk about development, because who is going to be doing that infrastructure development? Mm -hmm. Who are the young people who are going to be doing IT and coding and doing all of the wonderful stuff around technology? Mm -hmm. Who are the people who are going to do the amazing work that we need in terms of biomarine? And we know what's happening right now in the wild coast, where communities are having to defend um, their, their land. And so it's very important to understand universal health coverage, um, but also the right to health as a right, and that the provision of health is one element of that. Mm. Healthy environment is an important element. Healthy working conditions are a right. Mm. Um, having access to information, by the way, um, that makes people uh, able to make informed decisions is a human right as well. Yeah. And we've seen how in COVID, uh, many of us have been lamenting the fact that we need more communication. It needs to be consistent. Mm. It needs to be in the manner that people can engage with it. It has to be in different languages. Mm. And I'm yet to see any communication in Braille or that's particularly intently mm. for people who have visual, uh, particular visual needs, you know. So this is about talking about human rights first and locating the provision of health services as a right. And everything else then that comes there, from there, you will then see that it's not a nice to have or an extra. It's actually a right an investment in the future and African continent, you know, many of our presidents, leaders mm. are talking about development, the youth dividend, maximizing from the fact that in the future most of the population on earth will be the youth from Africa. Yeah. But none of them are making the proper investment in health. Yeah. Dr. Taleng, let's leave it there for this morning. Congratulations uh, on uh, a beautiful way to wrap up what has been a super successful year for you as a BBC's 100 Woman for 2021. She is the UN Special Rapporteur for Rights to Health. And of course, uh, she's an author, Dr. T, A Guide to Sexual Health and Pleasure. You can get it at a reputable bookstore next to you. That